I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. I'm Matt Connor. Gather around the places, everybody. It's time for the Connor and Smith Show. Wow, what was that? I'm not sure what. Uh, you're you're all, you're on script. You're being on. You're just improvising, right? Well, I'm just not sure what season four sounds like yet. We're early in it, um, so. We're still workshopping that one. We're, we're going to take that out of town and, and bring it back to you by the next episode. Um, we're that mystery flavor in, um, gosh, what was the candies? You would have all these different candies, and then one of them would like not tell you. Like the dum-dums with the question mark? Yes. Yeah. We're, 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 the season four is the question mark dum-dum. We are the dum-dums. <laughs> so should we be like dum-da-dum-dum? It's, it's season four, a mystery lick. Um, I have to tell you something that's not related to our guest, but there's a game that, that's an app that you can... This is not a commercial, P.S., that you can get uh, on, your on your phone that's called Slap and Run. It has been bringing me so much joy, where basically you operate this little man who runs through a park slapping people and running. Um, and that's all. You, and your goal is to slap as many people as possible. And sometimes after, like... Oh, a meeting or a, you know frustrating phone call it's great to just play out a, a round of slap and run wow it sounds like it's not very uh it doesn't sound like it's very, it's christian based definitely not no no but uh yeah so slap and run download it today um at your app store uh we are talking to our dear friend um and artist carissa swanigan who we have carissa swanigan up church yes thank you everyone has three names or four sometimes but uh we've had the pleasure of working with carissa either on stage or writing for carissa uh since well about 12 years or off stage or uh, 13 years I guess or at a chicken dinner party yeah she she has been a great friend in our life and uh, collaborator so we're catching up with Carissa tonight and a lot of fun a lot of fun yeah um, and so we will take a brief commercial break and then we will be right back Hello. Yeah, we got it. Hi, Carissa. Hey, it worked on my computer, so I'm all good. I actually love that better because I have this great headset that I can wear. So we're all set now. Like an AT&T operator? Yes, exactly. Like a pilot from Star Trek? Yes, I'm already. Beam me up. Um, I am, of course, sitting here with my co-host and husband, Matt. Hello, hello. Hello, my loves. And also our producer, Ryan, is here. You know Ryan. Hey, Ryan. What's up, Carissa? How you doing? Hey, I'm good. Um, what is up? How are you? I'm good. I just tucked the kids into bed, told them to leave me alone for a little while for once. Yeah. And we're good. Yeah. So re read your own story. Yeah. Well, yeah, they are now. That's what we do now. They have to read to themselves finally. They're reading uh, the graphic novels. Oh, really? Yeah, like kids, kids ones. They love it. Are you a reader? Um, I used to be. I used to love to read before bed, and then I got really into audiobooks. And um, now I just watch the movie. 
<laughs> so tell us tell us like the last movie that you really totally loved and would have recommended to another girl or boyfriend don't look up oh my oh, gosh yeah. that, was, that was great wait did you watch it through the credits to see the little things yes absolutely i mean the whole thing was such a journey and then at the very end after the credits it was so satisfying but i mean i was shook barbara bear you know barbara bear the absolutely. legend from washington dc theater Yes, she's a treasure. She was like, you have to watch Don't Look Up and you have to also not stop watching it because there's two things that happen. Yes, <laughs> it's so, the ending is really good after the credits, but I mean, what happens before the credits, I wasn't prepared for. I was kind of at a point like, yeah, humanity should end. Now, yeah. Ryan, you haven't seen this? Is that why your ears are closed? So Ryan closed his ears, time. which I think in improv or um, charades means na 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 na. That's what moms do. Um, we've <laughs> been watching. We've been actually. I've really enjoyed. I might be old. Wait, no, I am. Yeah, but um, we've been watching the Sex in the City. Um, yes. And just like that. And just like that. I've. I have been enjoying it. I feel like they're honoring the original pretty well, but it's also a journey, but I've, I've been liking it. Have you, have you seen the kitchen scene yet? Um, I am on episode three. Oh, so no. Okay, okay. okay. Well, let's not talk about the kitchen scene, but- And I have Ooh. issues with Miranda right now. I'm like, what is going on with her? Oh, that's the, the next, That's then you have to watch- I'm very uncomfortable with her storyline right now. <laughs> I Do you know what though? That's the- it's very real. I mean, it, it reminds me of why I loved the show in the first place. Mm -hmm. And there's so many people who are like out of joint about it. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first of all, they age. Yeah. Everyone does. And these are the kind of problems that come up. And I've heard people say, oh, there's hearing aids and there's this. It's depressing. And I'm like, I love it because it feels real. I mean, in a hot mess, you know, sort of way. I mean, they're all a little bit of a hot mess. That's why we love to watch them. Who's not a hot mess? Exactly. I know. Right here, please. I'm holding my hand up, but you can't see me. Yeah, should we, can we make my list of hot messiness? No, it's very real. Be a hot mess with money, though. Like yeah. They are. yeah. They're very rich. It's true. I know. I mean, Carrie must be a billionaire at this point. Right. I mean, that, that apartment... Um, yeah. You mean the like, character? Yeah. It's a yeah. little different than like living in Manassas, Virginia during the pandemic and, and trying not to drink every day. <laughs> <laughs> right. Or like <laughs> renting in Fairlington and you yeah. sometimes drink the box and then mistake the box for part of the drink and just eat it. Yeah. But then you take the insert of the box out and get every last bit because oh, there's yeah, still like a some wine stuff colostomy in there. bag. Yes. <laughs> there's still a little in there. You get one more glass out of there, baby. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, it's an adult fruit roll-up. It was, yep, it's an adult yeah. fruit roll-up. Um, so, what? Oh God, it's There's been so a much. minute. It's been a minute, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, it has. Well, we haven't seen each other in a really long time. Well, I was saying to Stevie last night in the backyard. I really, really adore all of your uh, things. I follow you on socials because A, I know that it is like 100% true mm -hmm. and B, you're not really trying to get people to like you or unlike you. You are just saying it like it is. Yes. And you know, the poop stick story. Oh my God. Or. <laughs> okay. 
or whatever is so like you you are not only this amazingly talented friend that Stephen knew before I did but um, our artistic journey is one thing but you as a human being you have such a plethora of humanness to you that goes beyond your amazing theatrical skills Thank you. <laughs> and I think, you know, from you just kind of coming over to the house at, at one point and like saying, I'm, I'm coming over with a chicken. Yes. And, and then I came over every Monday with a chicken for a while. Mm -hmm. and, like a live chicken. You, yeah, oh, a live chicken. Yep, I plucked it. <laughs> um, so let's get back to the poop stick story. Um, for those who may not follow you, what happened... <laughs> In your house, I have to hear the story. Well, you know on Channel 4 where the guy has the snow stick? Yeah. Well, this is the same thing, but with poop. Oh, God. No, I, I didn't know this was going to be the first topic, but it's so perfect, and it's really making me laugh. Yeah. Um, so um, Connor swallowed a penny about four days ago. Connor is her son. Yeah, he is six, and he is, um, he is very, uh, he's got a lot of energy that is uncentered, and he's brilliant. He's a brilliant kid, but he's super curious and he's always into everything. So he really like, I'm very tired all the time. And um, so Nick comes and tells me that Connor swallowed a penny and Connor's like proud of this. He's just like, he like, he does this little sly look like, yep, I swallowed it. He's home banking. Yeah, and he's obsessed with money too. Like he's got this thing right now where he's like really obsessed with money and his favorite thing he got from Santa was a bank that's like an ATM that he can put money into and it goes like, and it takes the dollar and it's like a safe. Um, so he says he wants to be a hundred air. Like if he gets a hundred dollars, he's a hundred air. Oh my um, gosh, listeners, if you're listening, <laughs> make Connor a hundred air. Yes. Well, I and I don't know. He's into Bitcoin. He's into Bitcoin. He, yeah, he wants money for Minecraft and he wants a, a Minecraft mansion. But he, I have no idea. Like he's had money a long time. He's been collecting coins and dollars. And I don't know what possessed him to put the penny in his mouth, but he swallows a penny. And so I, I know that kids do this stuff and that it's usually fine and that you just kind of have to like wait for it to pass. So we call the pediatrician and just to you know, get any advice because this has never happened to us before. And they're like, you know, just keep an eye on it. Now this is good, you guys, because Nick told me that his brother swallowed a coin once and his parents made him poop in a bucket for three days so they could sift through it in a bucket. And then they'd take it into the shower and like hose it off with water. Oh my like God. look through it that way. And so Nick brought a bucket in the house. And I was like, no, 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 no. The six-year-old child is not pooping in a bucket. So our, our fix was a, a, poop, a poop stick. So we decided we were going to get a stick and sift through it so we could try to find the penny. And we made Connor tell us every time he went, you, you cannot go without telling us. You've got to tell us before you flush. And we let Connor go out into the yard and pick his own stick. Go pick your own poop yep. stick. And he was psyched. Like he runs out and Nick's like, you know, you're probably better at picking sticks than me. So he runs out and he finds a good, and it was a good stick. It was like perfect, like perfect length. And it had a little point on it. Oh God, this is terrible. Um, So he gets a poop stick. And then the next morning he goes and he announces that he's got to go. And he's all proud of himself. And he goes and we go in there and um, proceed to poke. Oh gosh. To poke at poop. <laughs> 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 
Which it's, is what we've all been doing most of our lives. Just poking a bunch of shit. You just you poke at it and then, you know, first try found nothing. And I almost threw up. Like I was behind Nick, interested in seeing if we could find the penny, and I couldn't take it. Like I was I had to leave the bathroom because I started gagging because it was the grossest thing I'd ever seen. And I have changed di- like they're my children. I have changed his poopy diapers, but it's this is different. This is just different. And so he goes again and Nick checks the next day, still no penny. So I Connor the third day tells me, mommy, I got to go. So he goes in the bathroom and he's like, mom, I'm done. Nick was on a meeting. He was on a Zoom call and it was up to me. So I went and the poop stick lives outside, just so you know. So I go, (laughs) (laughs) I go find the poop stick and uh, I have to do this myself. I have to poke the poop and it's not fun and I'm getting through it. And I I think, well, this is, you know, I'm not going to find this penny. I don't know what we're going to do. And on the very last attempt, I, I like poke a hard, I could tell it was coins. I could tell. And I, I screamed with joy. I was like, we found the penny. And Connor's like, really? And we found the penny and um, proceeded to put on surgical gloves. This is really graphic, you guys. Like this content, I'm sorry. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert. I and, did almost this same thing for yeah. a test for Kaiser Permanente. So it's fine. You could have stopped me. Like, I mean, we're done now. You should have stopped me earlier and been like, okay, just tell me what the poop stick is. But but you we, found the penny and you, found the penny. you and then you saved the penny. We did not. No, <laughs> we, we double bagged it and put it immediately out in the outside trash with the poop stick to never be seen again. Oh, you should have framed it. I know it just could. Yeah. Nope. It had to go. It had to go. <laughs> Connor would have wanted it. He would have so, put it in his bank. And I, I would always wonder if the poop penny was in there. I'm right. never picking a penny up off the ground ever again after this story. Cause somebody could have put pennies out there in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it could have been a poop penny. Could have been a poop penny. You don't know what you're going to get. I mean, we we always open with the best material with our guests. So wow. thank you for... Um, you caught me off guard with that one. You know, <laughs> it's just one of those things where I followed the saga of it. Yeah. And, and I thought this is the most insanely, perfectly Carissa yes. narrative I could I could imagine. It was wonderful. Um, it's very much like an episode of a sitcom. Yeah. Or South Park with a song. Yeah. Yeah. I could like, do that with my kids. There's always some odd bathroom thing going on. Well, I'm always asking Steven to sing the Hanky, Mr. Hanky song. Oh, yes, Mr. Hanky. Oh my God. Because he's the only one that knows the words. Howdy ho. This is, uh, people are learning things about us. Um, so, so that, that's what I, that was my cold open poop stick. Yeah. Um, we, we, First met like I I'm so bad at years, but I want to say 2009. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, 2009 uh, when we were going to star opposite each other for uh, in High Fidelity with Landless Theater at the uh, DCAC. That's right. Um, and before we even what's that stand for? DC Arts Center. Mm-hmm, that's right. Oh, okay. Um, what, in the DC? Because you know, there's also the group ACDC. Yeah, but this is the DCA. <laughs> it always makes you think of that, Matt. Good one. It does. <laughs> yeah, quite an interesting little place um, that was. Not the first time I ever performed there. It was the second. Um, lots of lots of wildlife in the alley. Yeah. Lots um, of smells. DC street rats, just just bold as they want to be. Yeah. Um, but, but we first started talking before we actually had met because we started talking on Messenger. Yes. 
Um, do you recall that? I do. And um, we got hooking up. Uh, I mean, em- I was, emotionally. Yes. Oh I was gosh. so nervous that I was going to be playing opposite Steven. And I was having a lot of anxiety about it. I was half like thrilled that he was cast in this role. I knew he'd be perfect for it. I'd been following his career in DC. I myself was trying to like work my way up um, role after role in non-union theater and just really trying to like make my way. And, and when I got Laura, it felt like I've been working with Landless for a while, but this role felt like this is something like that might be really great for me. And then I'm going to be opposite Steven. So I was pretty nervous. So I felt like if I could reach out to Steven before rehearsals and try to get to know him a teeny bit and break the ice, like maybe that would help my anxiety. So I, I think it was me, Steven. I think it just went for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You did. Um, which I loved because I, I was also nervous because I had not worked with the landless crew mm-hmm. and I knew I was coming into a party already in progress. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of returning members were, yeah, like a family. And so I, and landless is still around, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. And is Landless something clever like we're doing art with like no boundaries at sea? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um it is because they never had like a home of their own. They oh, they would right, rent right. spaces where they could. Right. Um but also just they have this really cool um like the material they do is really kind of out out there sometimes. Like they're really yeah. edgy. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like theater for all is kind of one of their statements i think like like anything and everything they do anything and everything right yeah so yeah so landless worked perfectly for them they just didn't have their own space so i was just as nervous as you were um because i also didn't want to come across as like that guy right 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 um so so you kind of reaching out and befriending me actually made me feel a lot less nervous on the first day as well um, cause we like automatically then were like linked from yeah. the first moment of rehearsal. Do you remember that first rehearsal though? Um, was, were we looking at clothes and stuff on the very first rehearsal? So, um, I don't remember clothes. I do remember bringing those in very early on. Cause you also ended up wearing up a bunch of my goodwill, like funny, like sweaters and stuff. Um, have but I, I know I love that. They were perfect too. They worked out perfectly. But that very first rehearsal, we all just kind of did a bit of a meet and greet. And I think we did a really quick, I don't even know if we read through the whole show, but um, Julie, the director, lovely Julie, uh, dismissed everyone and just left you and I. And you sang to me acapella, Laura, Laura, which is the, you know, your big ballad at the end, trying to just let Laura know how you feel and that you're sorry. And I literally stared at you and just, tears were streaming out of my eyes mm. and that was the end of the rehearsal that's what I, I was embarrassed but I knew it was a good thing and uh I went home and I texted you or I put on my Facebook post was um there's a song in it called uh, I, nine and a half chance you have a nine and a half chance of getting me back and I said I have a nine and a half chance of gr- drinking a beer right now and then we started talking again and laughing about that and that's that was day one I for some reason thought day one was do you want to keep this um so do you remember that in the the... (laughs) yeah that was when we were miming things we had no prop set and we were miming like me packing up to leave you and I was very bad at it I just held my hand out very weakly and was like do you want to keep this and we pretended it was an animal that was like like, put it in my hand and like it was crawling up my arm and yeah yeah, but no, you made me cry. You, that was that was the first time we actually met in person, face to face, and you made me cry. 
um, when he sang. And that was, yeah, that was that. That was a crazy show. We had a, a big storm in the middle of it. Yep. Um, we, uh, I mean, it was like the snowmageddon happened in the it, middle of it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was the snowmageddon, wasn't it? Yeah. And it snowed back to back twice. And DC was like, you couldn't even travel. You couldn't park your car. Yeah. It, all the side streets were so full of snow and ice. Mm -hmm. um, I fell down really hard once on the back alley trying to get to the back of DCAC where the actors enter and um, hurt my back pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, like right before we opened too. And we had to open without any full dress rehearsal because we just kept having to cancel rehearsals because of all that snow. Oh my God. I lived on jumbo slice or yeah. Angus burgers. Yeah. Yep. Or McDonald's. And I think we had a lot of Red Bull going on. God, it's so funny you say that because I have not had Red Bull in years now. Mm -hmm. um, because like who wants to die? I know. Um, so we were trying but, to. Oh my God. Red Bull, Jumbo Slice, and Angus. And I used to bring you the Angus burgers. You spoiled me. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm like, got it. Because you couldn't get off stage. So you had to like tank up with food because you were on stage like the entire time. Wearing a sweater. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like you do. Yep. Um, but then uh, after that show, um, we had the uh, pleasure of working with you on Night of the Living Dead as we were putting it all together. Right. Um, and that were... came up during that show. Oh, like yeah. The, the, the want to, like, the desire to do it together and thinking maybe I could have a, you know, maybe Barbara would work for me and, and that and Billy the Kid, but we'll get to that later. We'll to get to that later, yeah. Um, and so I, your, your song, uh, Johnny and Me, was the very first song written for the show. Matthew wrote that right after he first watched the film. Um, it, it was very quickly, it, it came together very quick. Do you remember that, Matt? Yeah. Yep. And I, I remember wanting it to feel almost like an aria, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. very stream of consciousness and not very structured in music. Mm -hmm. right. And you and I, Carissa, took a trip to my Nana's grave and did the this this like photo shoot like music video yeah um we were like serious about things 100 percent. i mean we we found the perfect raincoat for her and you had a wig made for me mm -hmm. and By our dear friend vincent who is no longer with us yes and um, we took it very seriously yeah that, that raincoat, finding the raincoat. Oh my God. It was perfect. It was a yeah. big deal. And we had the perfect, like it was right at sunset. And then we stayed until dark and we were just lit by like the lights of your um, car headlights at one point. Yep. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It was really fun. It was so much fun and it was beautiful. Um, I loved it. Loved mm -hmm. doing that. And I love being able to see her grave too. It was so special to do it there and run around barefoot in the graveyard and film all that. Um, and then we went on to do the actual, like, uh, the first workshop production, yeah. uh, which you were in, but then you were also in the first production at Kensington. That's right. Um, and just, uh, a dream come true. It was like the first, first subject that made me want to make a musical. Um, of course, still remains my favorite film. Um. And yeah, 
news coming up soon about uh, NOTLD, but about uh, basically being, um, what would you call, approved by the estate, uh, the trustees, remaining living trustees of the film, including uh, Russ Striner, who played Johnny. It's a lot, a lot of stuff still <laughs> happening with that, but um, the, the show itself has not been done since St. Louis 2013. Um, so it's, it's due for a resurgence, I think. Um, it's been a while, but, uh, gosh, we, we did, uh, you and I then got to work on Super Claudio Brothers. We did. That was a blast. Oh my God. That was a, such a blast. I was supposed to choreograph it and then, um, I just gotten married. And then I was hired to be like an, um, like in the ensemble and to choreograph it. But then um, the director, oh my gosh, why am I, Mar why am I forgetting Marshall Palette. Thank you so much, Marshall. He was such an amazing choreographer and dancer that he ended up choreographing most of it. And I only ended up really truly choreographing the first opening number. Cause he would just do it right there on the spot and just choreograph. And I didn't have, like, I, he, I, I wasn't given enough time to come back and give him like what I'd been working on overnight. And the next thing I knew, he just started just asking me if I liked what he was doing. And I was like, yeah, it's great. Mm, I, I still got the now. credit. I still got the credit as choreographer, but I, I got one number. He was, a, he was excellent. He did a great job. He just, uh, he moved faster than I did, but the show was terrific. It was so much fun. Oh my God. Yeah. It was we so had a blast fun. doing that. Oh, and then I got to be um, princess. She's not peach though, but she's supposed to be peach, but I got to be princess tangerine. That's right. Yeah, with you, um, like opposite you one more time again. So Once. funny. Yeah. Um, God, we, we got to do so many cabarets together over the years. Yeah. Uh, that that uh, prom one, God, that was the, like, that was such an epic cabaret. It was. It. I mean, I absolutely loved it. I still watch the clips that we posted on YouTube all the time because it turned out so well. But then when we redid it, it's like the, it's the funniest story when we tried to remount it and do it one more time. And um, we had is hired- Is this awkward touch? This is awkward touch. Please tell this, yes. Yes. So we had a very successful run of the cabaret at Signature Theater and great audience. It all went really well. And we're super proud. We thought we should do this again. And um, you guys have been working with uh, Creative Cauldron, who we love. And so we thought we'd remount it during the summer series there. And- we needed a band because that was one of the concept things with it is it had a band. And so we didn't have a ton of money to hire some of the great musicians we knew. And we thought, well, let's give it like some high schoolers a chance. And Stephen, were you the one that found like the high school band? I can't even remember, but I, like it, yes, saying I didn't that know aloud, how did, how did that seem like a good idea? You know, so we found like one person connected us. It was one young gentleman who connected us with like his buddies in the high school band and assured us they could do it. And I met with them alone and brought them all of our um, music and did some practice runs with them. And they assured me like, we got this and we are gonna practice on their own. And so we show up for um, like our dress rehearsal which was just a few hours before the actual show. And we're having a little trouble, tempos aren't great. Like things are definitely not clean, it's clunky, um, but the show must go on. Also jumped to the fact that earlier that day, I decided to lay out in the sun for hours and I was burnt to a crisp. Mm. You remember this? Yep. I was bright red. Um, so it's like everything was just kind of like nothing was going right. And 
we get into this one this one number I'm singing Torn by Natalie and Brulia. And they're going so fast that Steven starts like banging the top of the piano to give them the time. And then right, and God, they were lovely kids. But then right after that song, Steven goes to the whole audience, by the way, this is the high school band. Um, give them a round of applause to kind of let everybody know kind of maybe why this might not be going so well. Right, Steven? Like, uh, I, I do remember doing that. What a yeah. what a dick move on my part. No, but um, you did it kindly. I don't know. Like it kind of like it didn't seem mean at all. It seemed like you were just trying to let everybody know that like they they were new, they were young, right? Like it just wasn't going smoothly. And then one of the next things I know is uh, after singing that song, you literally grabbed my boob at one point by mistake. And and and, it, and it, we 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 acknowledged it and just said awkward touch awkward touch like to the audience oh my god yeah oh it's so silly it's so silly i can't remember how it happened but it happened so obviously that i said something and you and we just you just oh awkward touch and we moved on and kept singing so i'm i'm getting two song titles from this podcast already one is poop stick yeah and now the second one is awkward touch awkward touch yeah and i think we could work on a cabaret with all these new stories but with brand new songs um <laughs> we have plenty of material there's more than this there is more than this <laughs> we did a cabaret geared towards children yeah <clears throat> and oh gosh th there were birds on strings um i've blocked most of that one out do you remember that it's amazing it was a fairy tale cabaret we wrote the script ourselves and all the music it was our own jukebox musical Stephen. and yeah we wrote, uh, we wrote the script and it, all the music was Disney songs. Mm. And we, you had found like these foam things, these foam blocks that you could put together and make a castle. Yeah. And you, you put that together on the stage. And then I had all these like fake birds and we found a stick. Uh-oh, another stick. We found a stick and we put them on strings. And I think they were just hanging from the ceiling, like hanging from the um, like, like the lighting, like dead, just hanging there. Yeah, and they were just there. Like I think we didn't even do a thing to like remove them or anything. They were just there, and I would just walk over and talk to them. And um, should I tell this part about how I forgot a very important thing for a kids show? Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Okay, so this it, the show is cute. We're super excited about it, and we practice and it's going well we're doing all canned music for this one we just found karaoke tracks too which is also pretty funny um but we're getting ready and i'm i have a um my costume that i brought was my renaissance fair um dress that i wear to the renaissance fair that works great princessy i brought no good undergarments um the top of it's sheer like a white sheer like um gauzy nightgown thing right and then what you do is you overlay this um thicker really pretty embroidered um thing that you you tie right under the breast and then it like sucks you in and then it kind of flares out but like you you can't just not be wearing an undergarment with this gauzy thing up top for a children's show or even in life and <laughs> i had forgotten a bra like what is wrong with me <laughs> So I had this like bustier and I just had a baby and I, I don't even know why it was in my bag, but I had this like, it was more meant for like a wedding dress, right? That you would wear under a wedding dress. And I was like, Steven, I don't, I don't know what to do. And I was like, you got to get me in this thing. And it didn't fit. And he had to shove me. Like it took time 
and effort and we were sweaty and he had to shove me in a like white bustier like madonna style to go under this dress so i could be decent for this children's show like what is wrong with me Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it's the true story, Matt. So we, he was like, what is wrong with you, Carissa? And he's like, I can't get you in this. I can't get you in this. I'm like, you have to. I have nothing else to wear. They're going to see everything. Yeah. Children's show. Yeah. Oh my That's how God. I roll. <laughs> oh my God. It, was so, it ended up going great yet again. It ended up going great. The kids were adorable. Um, and we, we only did that one once. And we didn't bring that we one. We weren't back. asked back. We didn't bring. We didn't. We didn't bring that one back. I would have worn a bra if we did it again. <laughs> I remember I was like cabaret burnt out after. I yes, felt like dude. we did so many of them. You did that those first two summers, and you did one. I did. I did a solo one. You did a solo one. We did the prom one, and we did the kids one, all oh in that God. same summer. Mm-hmm. And cabaret is so much more everything. It's just so much, much more. Yes energy creative space in your head Mm -hmm. it's all you uh if it tanks that's because of you um it's so much more difficult and you have to be yourself and it's like oh god does anyone want that you You can't hide behind a character no and you have to wear undergarments and you have to especially kids especially to a a, a children's show yeah oh yeah yeah um So, so you have, uh, the, so you're, God, that was around, I think we're going through like 2010-ish, 2011-ish, around there. Right, because I'd had Lily at that point, who, we should also talk about the fact that both of my children are named after Nevermore. Oh, yeah, we, we forgot Nevermore in there, too, but we'll get yeah. back to that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you're, so, can you, can, okay, Tell the story of why your children are named after Nevermore. Okay. So I have somehow been blessed to do Nevermore four times. I've three times full stage productions and and one time in a full stage reading. Um, um, And I was pregnant with my daughter the second time I played Elmira in Nevermore. And when we were thinking of names for her, it just felt so perfect to name her after the show because she was hearing the music there with me and so um, my daughter's name is Lillian Annabelle Upchurch and Annabelle is for Annabelle Lee Mm. from Nevermore and a beautiful poem by Edgar Allan Poe beautiful song by Matt Connor um, that is one of my favorite pieces in the show so that's Lily's name and she knows very well that that is what she's named after. Then I somehow magically was cast again in Nevermore a few years later when I was pregnant with my son. And I played the character of the whore that time that I'd never played before. And it just seemed fitting to try to find a way to name Connor after the show as well. And we joked around that we were gonna name him Eugene. Um, no, no, that doesn't have, no, what we're gonna name, no, Edgar, that we're gonna name him Edgar. Sorry, that was silly, that we're gonna name him Edgar. And um, we landed on naming him Connor and we spell it C-O-N-N-E-R instead of the traditional C-O-N-N-O-R. And he's named after Matt Connor's Nevermore, but also named after my mother, whose name was Connie, C-O-N-N-I-E, who had passed um, before both my kids were born. So it just seemed like this perfect mesh of, right? Like this perfect honoring of the show and my mother and they and he knows that's what he's named after as well, so um, that's the story of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Mm-hmm. 
you were um so you, you did nevermore four times uh yeah. that's kensington yeah. now she's working on her a one woman show called nevermore. Ne i really should <laughs> she plays all the characters i feel like i could at this point <clears throat> um so we what, what it was Kensington the first, right? Yeah, I did Kensington as Elmira. We split that part in half that time, but I was Elmira in that. Creative Cauldron, second. Yes. Yep, second time as Elmira again. Matt, you directed that one, right? That was Epic. which which one? The Creative Cauldron, the first, Nevermore. Uh, was Sean? Yeah, yeah. Yep, it was beautiful. Everybody was barefoot. We were. I loved it. It was wonderful, and I was pregnant, and they kept having to like find a way to dress me. So that I didn't look too pregnant, and I used to eat pizza in my costume. <laughs> There's this great picture of me with like white gloves on, eating pizza backstage, full costume, like just breaking all the rules. How dare me! How dare me! It sounds like a great idea. Yeah, I know. And then, um, and then I did it twice at the workhouse. So we did like a workshop of it because they knew they were going to do a full production of it. So I played. I think it was Elmira again in that production and it was just like a full staged reading and we did it over a, over a weekend. So we had like three performances of it. And then when we brought it back for the full stage production, um, the casting worked a little bit differently and they thought they wanted to try me out in the role of the whore, which I never saw myself playing because um, not character wise, I love that character and I love dark things like that. Um, I love her arc. It was vocally, I didn't think I had, um, the range to play to just to, to sing it so we had to make it work because i'm i'm more of a second soprano and she's more of like a lower mezzo and we made it work though and in, in the end i think it was successful but i mean i just want to say right now that, that like priscilla the way priscilla sings that and i think she was supposed to play it i was always like i want to sing it like priscilla but i think in the end it did work because of the character i brought to it what i yeah. my own take on it my own take on it god what year was that the workhouse uh, Connor was born in 2015, so it had to be 2014. Yeah, October of 2014. Yeah. I, oh, we it? all saw it. We saw that. Did we go together? Oh, that's right. We yeah. Did, yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, we went together because uh, that's when uh, there were. Uh, oh, who plays the harp? Oh, uh, Kristen Jefferson. Yeah. Yes. Did Kristen Jefferson play the harp? Yes, she did. That was so I, so special. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, I, that production was really beautiful. I thought I thought they did a really gorgeous job with it, and I was proud to be part of it. Yeah, we had like a little Nevermore party here at the house. <laughs> yeah, we sure did. It's so weird to think um, that we used to leave the house. Yeah. Well, there's uh. that. Yes. Um. So, 2014, 20. I feel like then you kind of I didn't get to see you for a, a long time. Um, cause parenting and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We did do one more cabaret together at signature. We did naked together and that's right. I forgot all about that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, if you have a recording of that, I don't want to put you on the spot on your, your podcast, but I'm going to, um, if you have a, like any kind of recording of that, like even just audio, I'd love to hear it. Cause that was a good time. Do you know what's heartbreaking? You're going to say no, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I thought I did, and it, I don't, I can't remember the story, but it did not record or something like that. It does break my heart because it was a really great playlist. It was. What was uh, the theme? The naked, was it like old Calcutta? You guys were. It was, oh, yeah, we were it, just. It, it just yeah. Was, yeah. No, no, no one wore any bras, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> it was emotionally naked. I thought I was being so oh, clever. 
okay. Emotionally naked. Got it. Oh, it's like those naked vineyard wines. You have a cup and then you're emotionally naked. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's me right now with a little vodka in my glass. That's right. <laughs> what is the thing? Fruit wine. The yep. Moira Rose. Oh, yes. Um, so you, uh, what has life been like for you during the COVID? Uh, so you got two kids. Mm -hmm. um, what's the work uh, life like situation? How, how have you been navigating? God, we're going into our third year of this. This is how she's navigating. Um, Nick was on a call, so she had to go get the stick. The, the stick was stick. outside. And now she's having a little vodka. Yeah, now she's having a little mm -hmm. vodka. This is the, the pattern. Um, I, I, I relate to Miranda. <laughs> um, it has been complicated because when it all first started, it felt like, um, and it's going to sound really weird, but in a, in a little way, when we thought it wasn't going to last that long, it almost felt like a gift that I was going to get time to actually be home and work from home and be with my kids more because being a working mom, I, I, didn't get to see them very much. Um, and I had a terrible commute. I was, you know, like I was living that rat race kind of like corporate America life. Um, and it didn't soothe my soul at all. Actually it was soul sucking. It was really rough and it felt like a gift. And then very quickly it turned into this, um, very isolating, uh, thing where, and scary. I mean, the anxiety, Nick and I both, um, ended up, you know, talking about getting therapy because we just felt like dark and we didn't know what was going to happen. He thought he might lose his job. Um, and we got through the first part of it. There was like no school anymore. The kids are home from school and they weren't even doing virtual school. So we're just here all the time and we don't see anybody. Thank God we have a little bit of a yard and um, good safe sidewalks in our neighborhood so we could go on bike rides. Uh, I've said many times I felt like we were very lucky but it's hard, like, it's hard to, like, you shouldn't compare yourself to anybody else's experience because it was still hard. Like, it was still really hard for us. And then virtual school came that next year while we were both working full time. And there were days where I wasn't sure how I was going to get through that. Um, the chaos of it, um, I'm getting emotional trying to make sure the kids had everything they needed and they were excelling at school while also trying to be like, I have a career I've been building at my, my job right now. And I'm really trying to push myself. And I went part-time. I had to take medical leave because there was no way I could do both. And I thought my career was going to be over. Like if I did this to support my family, I thought that it would be looked badly upon that I had to go part-time for COVID leave, but I had to do it. Um, and it was really hard because I was on a track like it was felt like almost like when my theater career was really taking off but then I decided I really wanted to be a mother and I had to just pause and make that hard decision and I'm happy I did it but it felt like that too it's like everything was going right and crash um, we got through all of that too um, and now where we are is they are in school in person um, we just recovered from COVID over the holidays and it feels like a really like I said complicated and a real roller coaster ride of highs and lows where there's beautiful moments being together with a family where you don't have to make any excuses to break plans or any excuses not to see anybody or go anywhere and just be together but then you also feel so lonely even though you're in a house 
with three other people. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it's, my kids are young and they're very boisterous. Like they have a ton of energy. So sometimes it's so loud and noisy that you, you feel like you can't get away from that too. Um, And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's very complicated, but we're going to get through this together and there's highs and lows. I guess I'll say that. Yeah. So I could keep going, you know, so. It's uh, so you guys just had COVID uh, over the holidays. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We, we hadn't had it before. Um, I think we caught the new variant. We are all vaccinated. The kids are too. Um, and we have no idea how we caught it because we mask up and the kids were not the first ones with symptoms. It was Nick. He was the first one with symptoms and he was the first to test positive. We were all negative. So we, they did not bring it from school. So he must've caught it um, somewhere at a store. Um, he played a board game with some friends. He never does that, but this one time he plays a board game with friends, maybe, maybe that's how he caught it. Um, so we don't know, but it's just, you know, oh, this new variant um, so contagious. Wow. Did you, did you feel ill or was it like, just like a cold kind of? It was just, you know, to be honest, that's another thing where I'm like, oh, you know, woe is me, but we were really lucky because our symptoms were extremely mild. I had one really bad day with nausea and headache and stomach problems and on top of a cold. And then it just felt like a really mild cold after that. And the rest of the family was all just a really mild cold. And it lasted only about four days or so. I still have some appetite issues where I'm not, I don't want to eat. Like I'm not, but Hey, I'm not losing weight though. Cause when I eat, all I want is carbs, pizza. I want to eat at midnight, like French fries. So like we're balancing out in that way, <laughs> but my appetite's been really weird because it did bother my stomach. So any, any that. like smell or taste issues? Nick had a mild um, smell and taste thing. And then that cleared up. I did not No, I eat the things when I finally have the appetite and I taste the things and the things like me and they stay in my belly. And so... Isn't it bad that like that, this sounds so trite. That is the thing that terrifies me the most about yeah. like, oh my God, if I couldn't smell or eat or taste what well, you can eat, but like could not taste or smell. I think that freaks me out. The thought of that. There's people that have had that last for weeks too, right? I would go insane. Right. You don't want to eat then. Like, what's the point? Then it's just like, well, you find texture, I guess, you know, like you look for things that will make you at least want to eat something. So you look for something really salty maybe, or maybe cold, or maybe the texture of something would. Yeah, I know it's because we've all had that cold where you can't taste for a day or two. And then you're like, uh, you don't feel like eating, but like weeks of it. Yeah, because that's why you eat the, like, Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Exactly. Trying to taste something. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I'm glad you guys are all better. Uh, That's just everybody listening. Make sure, I'm sure everybody listening has gotten their shots and their boosters. But just in case there's somebody on the fence. Yeah, it's serious out there. Um, We all got it. I mean, my kids had just, they are fully vaccinated, but it was a new vaccination, right? Like, and they, they had a breakthrough with this. So it's, yeah, get, stay safe. Yeah. It isn't safe outside. No, it's not. That's another one. (laughs) Not safe. Not safe. Not safe. That's an inside joke from way back. Um, Gosh, I, I can't believe it's been so long. Um, you have been, uh, you've had a little bit of resurgence lately though, in the, in the theater world, right? 
Yeah. So um, since you and I worked so closely together and Matt, um, I got so like before COVID, I got into this great cabaret series at the workhouse and I was working every month. It was fantastic. And, um, you know, that that COVID made a huge issue out of being able to keep that up. And so I've had a couple like virtual cabarets that Mario Mahandro and um, Michael Mahandro put together, which was awesome. We were able to stay safe and do that during COVID. And then I recently was back on stage for the first time in, I want to say three or four years, um, doing a show called um, Doyle and Debbie with the Landless Theater again. And we had a really fun weekend run with that. And that's almost like a cabaret, but it's scripted. It's just me. It's just two people and um, the music is all uh, country music genre. And it's a really funny, really silly show. Um, and it's definitely like taps into my cabaret skills because you it's a lot of like, you are totally talking to the audience the whole time. It's like a fake cabaret, right? And so I, I did that with Andy Bachman and we had a blast getting back on stage again. But again, weird to be back on stage with everything going on and taking your mask off and singing and having people around and stuff. But very fun to actually be able to do something. Yeah. So I'm super curious about this show, the Doyle and so Debbie fun. thing. So what, uh, so it's country, it's like a, a fake cabaret. Um, yeah. Tell me about Doyle and Debbie. Okay. So it uh, originated in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And um, I'm going to be very mad at myself right now because I'm not going to remember the, the writer and creator's name. Um, but I can look that up and try to maybe like share it at some point. But um, this amazing man uh, wrote it and stars in it with um, it's a male and female show. And the, it is um, <laughs> the lead guy is this washed up country singer that used to kind of have some fame in his own right and had some issues and he's trying to make a comeback and he finds this girl who has been singing at a vfw in tennessee <laughs> and that's how that's is very thick and so see my family is from west virginia um my uncle my my um this is real out this is this is carissa right now but i'm gonna do the accent so my family's from west virginia and my uh granddad was a coal miner so i can tap into that and so I'll drop the accent now. Um, and so he finds her at a VFW and thinks like this could be his ticket to kind of re like have a resurgence of his career. And so they start trying to tour around again with the show. And he has all these funny songs that make fun of country music, but it's totally deadpan. They take it very seriously. Chris, were you, Chris, were you trying to think of Bruce and Jenny, Bruce? Artson yes. And Thank you so much. Yes, I'm mortified that I forgot, but it is, um, yeah. I'm a mom, and I drank some vodka, and and I'm tired. <laughs> You're very tired. It's okay. We we're here with you. <laughs> my, yeah. My, our producer Ryan brought that up. On, Thank you, Ryan. On his uh, on his producer computer. <laughs> and we got to meet Bruce. Bruce actually came to the first time we did this show. He came with his son and saw us in um, Adams Morgan where we did it, which was fantastic. So that's yeah, the show, cool. The show's hilarious. Uh, yeah, the songs are like they make they, they make fun of country music and those themes that are in country music, like the kind of like, why don't we get drunk and screw kind of themes and, and stuff. But they take it super seriously and deadpan everything. And it's very over the top. And then we also do a lot of improv in it too as well. And it's it's a scripted thing where you watch them trying to like get through this show and like 
try to keep it together and 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 they're they're trying to remount like a you know a spark from the past but but Doyle's an alcoholic and he just kind of can't keep it together and Debbie gets mad and she wants to quit and it's it's really adorable and in the end um they went over the audience and they're proud of the work that they've done and they want to keep the show going and it's it's quite cute and there like there's a really funny song about like <laughs> pissing in the snow and and how um Doyle would like write girls names in the snow with p if he loved them oh my God. yes it's so it's called the snow banks of love um, um it's yeah. giving also giving me shades of um a star is born a little bit yeah there's totally a vibe like that because he discovers her and so um like debbie's this young like just like she's kind of like the magic of it like she's the new spark right um, and but she really respects him and like really yeah it's to you got that dude yeah totally totally um, and then more I, I, I love Landless um, yeah. and I, I love their work it's, it, there's something about their sense of humor I, we saw you in a sh brilliant show called Tarzanadu ah yes um, it Chris was Griffin it, it wrote was, that who did his name's Chris Griffin Yes, and it was a blend of Tarzan and Xanadu, just like it sounds, and it was hysterical. Um, I remember almost peeing myself laughing. Um, and more recently, uh, during the pandemic, Landless produced a You're in Town with Sock oh Puppets. Oh my God, yes, brilliant. And you played Pennywise? I did, I played Penelope Pennywise, yeah. Um, and squirrelted the hell out of the privilege to pee in an amazing way um, while puppeting. Thank you. Well, I didn't. So Andy did all the puppeting. Oh, I did not know that. Isn't that amazing? Andy did all the puppeting. So what we did, what the cast turned in our vocals to him. He mixed everything. Wow. Yeah, he set up that entire thing. That's super all impressive. we had to do was contribute our vocals and our uh, like our scripted parts and he mixed and edited everything and then i think he with probably some help from melissa and his his daughter um am they did the puppetry and wow. and yeah it's it yeah it's a really cool idea everything they put together it's really really funny what's funny about that and that's still <clears throat> i think it's still available to watch um i could be wrong i think maybe it is just, yep it is still available to watch so you can go to um landlesstheater.com i think it's the um website and you can find like links to be able to stream it and it's five dollars to stream it for i think 24 hours and on uh new year's eve they launched it with like as a drinking game yes i mean um, come on how great is that it was brilliant i i love everything that andrew does um we should have made this podcast a drinking game <laughs> it, it turned into one every time you hear poop stick um <laughs> sorry hey take a drink or i didn't wear a bra that one that's a good one um, we could turn this into a board game so the whole family can play yeah you know um that that, that just gave me a thought so back when you and i met during high fidelity at landless theater i had talked to i see uh i i'm such a geek uh, as anyone listening knows whether it's about weather or about like you know old schlocky 50s and 60s films um i, I have a favorite of mine that's called are we billy gonna talk the, about it billy the kid versus dracula i'm excited 
Um, and I started talking to you about this film because I was super obsessed with it. I, I saw it when I was a kid and I had, I think when I was talking to you about it, I had recently acquired a copy of it. Um, and it, it's something I can put on all the time. It's seriously inappropriate in so many different ways, whether yeah. it's like treatment of Native American portrayal um, or whatever. It's like horrifically inappropriate. And I will say that out loud. Um, but it, the rest of the film, what I love about it is it really tries to be something it's not. Um, I don't like bad movies that are bad, like trying to be bad. Right, yeah, bad movies that are bad because they didn't realize they were being bad because they were trying so hard, like Hell Comes to Frogtown, are the best movies of all time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because they took themselves really seriously. 100%. Right, they were, they were making right. Shakespeare. Absolutely. Yeah. So John Carradine is playing Dracula. John Carradine, at this mm -hmm. point, should That's not true. have been playing Dracula because no one buys that you were, you know, staying young by drinking That's blood. Like you're not supposed to age. Yeah, you're not... <laughs> He describes this young woman as 18 and beautiful. 18 and beautiful. Um, so it becomes like Dracula is a dirty old man, basically. Um, and anyway, I think it's amazing. And actually, Matthew and I were on New Year's Eve last year, going into 2021 with Andrew in a, a thing he hosted. And we were guests on his uh, New Year's show. Yes, I saw. And we were talking about, you know, the possibility of doing uh, Billy the Kid versus Dracula someday. But I think the way to do it in this modern age is almost to do it with either little action figures or uh, puppets or something that can be then broken up into TikToks um, and then released that way. So they just become like a what is happening kind of situation. Um, where we would have a cast like record much like you guys did with um, the sock puppets, the puppets in your town. I think that would be kind of brilliant. I'd love to see like eighties toys put on a show. That would be amazing. What year was Billy the kid and Dracula? Oh God, I think 66. Okay. Or three. Right. It's one of those. Cause I think John Carradine is actually the actor who played Dracula the most. The most that's yeah, correct. Yeah. 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 Which is, yeah, and, and he, he looks just visibly angry to be in the film. Um, I have to play Dracula again, but in that wonderful voice. 18 and beautiful. beautiful. Yes. Oh, and then, no, like, my heart, my heart. Oh, yeah, the scene with the old couple in the stagecoach gets me every time. This old woman who's talking about something and her brother who's with her just keeps saying, careful, your heart. <laughs> He's like, oh, I mustn't talk so. I'm like, it's pretty freaking bad when just talking, you can get a heart attack. Um, so good. Uh, but anyway, um, coming to you, coming to a screen near you soon. Um, Billy the Kid versus Dracula. I wish. I. It's so I interesting though because you probably have to retitle it. Um, they're both historical figures or public domain figures, so you. You, I don't know. There's ways around it since they've been in existence for so long. Clearly, you can do anything you want with Dracula at this point. You do like Wyatt Earp versus Dracula at the OK Corral or something like that. But I mean, BTKVD. That's what I always abbreviate BTKVD. <laughs> Sounds wrong. Well, because <laughs> the BTK killer, you know. Yeah, and no, then, yeah. 
and then venereal venereal disease. Venereal disease. So it's like put those together. You got a show. Ah. I always saw the show with like cardboard scenery and yes. you know stage coaches, and it always wanted to feel like not trying to be bad on purpose. Has but all of our scenery always been cardboard? No, no. Matt, how dare you? Just the actors. I'm just joking. Luan, maybe, but not cardboard. <laughs> um, Paper, maybe. Well, uh, Carissa, I loved catching up with you. We have to do it again, like not for an audience. Um, but like, just like for funsies, um, it's, it's been way too long. I do remember you were the last time I think I, I could totally be wrong because the zoom world and the virtual world kind of like blur everything. Was that real? Um, cause I saw you in a few zoom things, but like, I feel like you came over to our house the day we were getting Eddie and he was not there yet, but we yeah. had the house ready. I think so, because there's been a few random times where I happen to be lucky enough to be near your area. And if ever I was, I would text you guys and say, are you home? Like, can I just stop by? And mm. it would always be impromptu in these in these like later years of us knowing each other. And usually you were around and you're like, yeah, come on over. Like one time it was like, I swear it was like 1030 at night and I'd finished a rehearsal and I am never near your house. And I was like, I'm going to see if they're home. Yeah, and, and we so, we just like woken up and had breakfast. <laughs> right. And then I'd end up staying till two in the morning and Nick would be like, Where are you? And I'm like, I'm I'm with my boys. I can't tell you how special it means to me that both of your kids are named in some way based on just our world together. Absolutely. But let me ask you, I'm trying to think, and now I am old and I've been doing a lot of crosswords. Hmm. Um, oh God, we're old people, Carissa. It's really something and I'm um, there with you I I remember I remember that we did write a song for Lily and Annabelle Lily and Annabelle bum 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 right yeah so good but but did I write a song for Connor you did so really because I, I don't know how much longer we have I could talk to you for like two more hours but you've written three songs for my family sorry that didn't come out right my list got in the way you've written three songs for my family um when my mom was passing, I got in touch with you when I was still working for AT&T and I let you know what was going on with her. And that I was like, I don't know. I just felt like maybe if, maybe it would cheer her up yeah. to have a song. And you wrote, take my hand, but you were also at the same time working on um, the friendly giant. Is that the name of the show? Selfish giant. So, and it, it just worked perfectly to use it for that as well. But you wrote that song overnight and delivered it to me like, and then um, Stephen recorded it. And in a few days, I had this song yeah. that I played for my mom. Um, sorry. When uh, everything went down and she was um, on her last, she, she was still on life support right before we decided to pull the plug. I played it for her. And then I played it at her funeral. Um, so we, had, we did, like our connection goes really, really deep. <laughs> and yeah. then- you wrote Lily and Annabelle that I didn't even know you were going to do. You surprised me. And I was in pieces. Um, you wrote for Lily. And I used to sing that to her in, her in my belly. And then every day as her lullaby. And that was part of your lullaby series. And then you did write um, a song for Connor. And we have it on CD. And now I can't remember the name of it. But you also wrote a song for him as well that I used to sing to him when he was in my belly. Yeah, I've got too many in my library in my head. My it had to do with birds, like a bird. Um, 
Oh, on, on the way up, up on the upon a Raven's wing, or yeah, that's it. That's the one. Mm -hmm. upon a Raven's wing. Yes, because yeah, it was Nevermore. You connected it to Nevermore. Yeah, that that was it. Mm -hmm. Hey, and then, buddy, can you play upon a Raven's server, wing server, one server, more server. time? Yeah, like, we can't remember all these things now. And you, you each time you put a little bit of the sheet music and framed it for me. So both the kids have sheet music in a frame from that, oh, and we have the CD. That's right. Mm -hmm. I almost forget what my other life before this life was yeah i mean just, so just happened is everyone going through that where you kind of are like yeah. you feel like you've you've there's been like a huge uh page turn in the yeah. book i feel like that's why i'm having a hard time remembering some of the, the memories like i remember the memories but i couldn't remember names right like during this call and there's um like co-workers that i worked with for years and then my office shut down and I haven't seen them since the beginning of the pandemic. And there were people I saw every day. I knew every single person's name in my office. And now I can't remember names and it's only been a couple of years, but it feels like a different, it feels like, yeah, like I'm somewhere different now and I'm having a hard time remembering these things that are almost like a movie, like it's fuzzy. Yeah. Well, I feel like I don't have to quite show up in some aspects and then others I have to show up more. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But in the in the some things that I'm giving 150% in, I'm only getting 25% back. Yeah. Like it's a very weird dance and you know, um just not being connected to people in social gatherings. Yeah. You know, it's just been so just so different. When you're having to like rebuild connections with people too because it's different to talk to them online. And then see everybody in person again, or then there's folk, like there's people that I had lost a little bit of touch with during this whole thing because we're all surviving. Yeah, everyone's just surviving and trying yeah. to figure out what next week looks like. Yeah, exactly. It's where all just you, weird. Where you can get groceries and My why goodness, did they cost right? ten times more than they did? I I vacuumed the living room tonight, and it's been the first time since New Year's Eve. That's wonderful. It's 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 been two weeks. You know, um, I I do. I mean, I'm, I do the same thing, Matt. I'm, a, I'm on like a I'm on like a two week cycle. I just I don't have. No one's coming in here. It's like I have other things to do. I don't know. You know. Yeah. Well, at yeah. one point, you know, me and Steve was kind of like, you know, we would go through our our like lists of like, we should we should make a lasagna. And, or then like, you know, it's like, oh, you know what? I, what about, what if we get everything bagels for breakfast and hash browns? Exactly. And like all these things that you felt like were like, I keep joking with Steven. I'm like, one day I'm going to turn the, the bedroom upstairs into a hotel room. I'm going to put everything I need in a little fridge in the, in the bedroom and just stay in it all day and just act like I'm at, like I'm in Paris or something. Have you gained any COVID weight? Oh God. Um. Yeah. I guess I... we don't have to say numbers. We can just say yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Hundred <laughs> percent. Me too. Yeah. We're, we're we're not at a place where we are buying other clothing. Just our clothing isn't quite correct fit. <laughs> um. I'll say everything I wear stretches. Yeah. 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 So I don't even know truly how much it is at this point. Just everything stretches. Don't look. Don't check. I have decided not to. No, not till I'm ready. Not till, And then, you know, we'll see. I mean. We'll see. I think right now is more about sort of 
mental health. Exactly. I agree. And how to take care of yourself while taking care of others and teaching others to take care of themselves so they can take care of you. 100%. Um, And I think that's maybe something that we were missing maybe before this all happened. Yeah. I know that I'm rethinking, you know, as we all are, we're rethinking everything. Um, what is the priority? What is the goal? And does, uh, you know, I go back to one of Madonna's songs. Um, it was the one song, Nothing Really Matters. Um, crap, I can't think of this song right now, but it's basically, uh, everything is important and unimportant at the same time. Yeah. You know, nothing really matters. Love is all we need. Everything I give you all comes back to me. That's all. No, no. Thinking it's about, I think I'm thinking it's maybe in her in her music, um, or her uh, American Life that album, American Dream. Yeah, nothing, nothing real. I can't think of it. I, I have forgotten everything. This podcast no, I was gonna brought say, to you by what, COVID. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's happening to us. We can't remember things. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, well, we love you, and I know that we could talk forever about things. We wish you well. A Merry Christmas. A Merry Christmas. Uh, let's figure out how we can connect more. If maybe we start a, you know, like I said, a, a, I don't know, a Friday night trivia night. <laughs> I would love that. I'm competitive. I would love, I'm good at trivia. Like, I'm a Jeopardy person, so. Oh, God, have you been watching? I haven't, but I know what's going on, but I, yeah. I, 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 I wish I were watching. Um, it's a tough time of day for me, but I love Jeopardy before the kids every night I watched every night. And I wanted, I tried to take the, the test to be on Jeopardy. So, um, yeah. And then Matt might give Lily, um, piano lessons. I mean, you're going to, I'm going to give you some dates and times. So that's another thing we'll talk later, but yeah, we will stay connected. Yeah. And any evening you guys are up and the kids are in bed and you need a little FaceTime, just just hit that button yeah absolutely i would love to i really miss you guys like i i can't wait to like like find a point where we feel comfortable to just see each other i mean i know we're vaccinated and we just had um the new variant but i'd I'd love to like figure out a way to to get together safely maybe outside somewhere sometime absolutely yeah i mean i think like the rest of the world we're just watching these numbers and trying hoping they come down yeah i know and uh hoping for the best i mean it, it it just feels like this is a groundhog day in a way of yeah. last year um but worse um, i know and the kids like know who you guys are but don't remember you and so i think it would be a real trip for them to be able to like meet you at a place where they're older now and they would remember you walking right. away from it right and like that they're named after these guys you know like they're named after matt connor's nevermore and like we used to call you you know like uncle steve and uncle matt you know so i think that would be really cool for them to be able to to meet you guys and put your faces back to the old that we talk about you a lot so absolutely yes and the kids would probably love to meet edgar Allan pug and lord byron they're obsessed with animals. So yes, 100%. <laughs> well, I love right. you guys. Love you, sweetheart. We will talk to you soon. I know. Okay, great. All right. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Uh, thank you so much, Carissa, for joining us. We really, really loved catching up with you. We could have talked 
and talked and could talked. Could have talked all night. All night. All night. Um, so, uh, if you guys want to, guys or girls or they or them want to know more about us, please uh, look us up at www.connor with an ER Smith Musicals. ConnorSmithMusicals.com. You can follow us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. It really helps us out. Tell a friend. Share it on your socials if you had a laugh. Um, and uh, we're we're just doing one of these a week right now. Yeah, uh, and if you want Carissa Swanigan's chicken and potato uh, roast that is made with a lemon parmesan pesto drizzle let me know because she left that recipe at our house years ago <laughs> it's not still here but i can read it for you oh. and, and you do need potatoes and chicken you just have to fold in the parmesan cheese you just have to fold in the chicken how do you fold it in uh I, that's what it's, it's it said it's her recipe anyway uh thanks so much for listening everybody uh we will uh god how do we sign off in season four we say um <clears throat> It's not three, it's not two, it's season four. Season four. (laughs) Good night, everybody.